Brave Talks. Brave Talks. Brave Talks. Brave Talks. Brave Talks. Hey everybody, welcome to Brave Talks. We have our first guests here, uh, Tim and Lydia, the founders of BGA, Brave Generation Academy. Uh, Tim obviously is the CEO and he's kind of the mind behind BGA, if you will. I think he's the, I mean, he's been on Shark Tank in Portugal, he's running for presidency. And I mean, I think we can agree that while he is the mind, I think Lydia here, his wife is really the heart and soul of BGA. That's true. Lydia is definitely on the head, but she's the neck. She tells me where to go. I mean, the true boss. We all know it. <laughs> yeah, we <Okay>. do. <laughs> so it's great to be on Brave Talks. I'm super excited. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to. So today I kind of want to go over what is Brave Generation Academy so that listeners can really understand what we do here and what kind of our goals are. So can you tell me how Brave Generation Academy really got started? Go for it. Okay, um, so I think over the course of our kids' education, we always, especially when the kids got to, old, to secondary school, we always thought there has to be a different way of doing education in a way, you know, instead of them spending the whole day coming home and how was school, oh, fine, and then not having time to do extra activities or, or get into uh, more um, specific to the activities that they like. So um, we travelled in 2019 around the world. We did... Uh, 18 days, 11 countries. 11 countries. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, we want to go back to those good days. And um, when we got back, you know, kids went back to school and it was like, um, what did you guys do today? Oh, the same old as you did, Dad. And uh, what are you guys doing after school? Oh, no, you know, we just got, you know, the one specific sport that they play, rugby. And, and there was no time to do anything else. And then we just started seeing that something has to give. You know, they learned so much and they were so curious when they were on, on our trips that when they got back to school, it was just the same old mundane thing that we did at, you know, when we were at school, or our parents did at school. And then obviously the pandemic hit and everybody was sitting around the table. Well, we all were, you know, the kids, the adults working together, you know, the middle child would hold, help the youngest one and vice versa. And we thought, you know, that's what it should be, you know, everybody working together, each one was doing their own subjects, yeah. you know, we were doing our own work, but everybody was collaborative, you know, working together, helping, or whatever, and, you know, that just sort of sparked an idea, and Tim's like, this is what we should be doing, and I was like, no, 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 they'll go to school, and he's like, this is what we should be doing, and then, you know, I started researching different platforms, Tim, you know, the whole idea started brewing in his head, um, and then just from there, it just sort of like, you know. Yeah, and I think exploded. what we really wanted to do was have this flexible, personalised and relevant education for today's world and where we could have you know, experiences being part of education, where we could say we don't block the community out, we're actually part of the community. We actually want these teachers that are super excited to, to help our kids to inspire them to do stuff and, and that's what we thought. If we mix this technology, the online and the offline, then we can make that happen. And that's how the whole thing got going. Yeah. As you know, Lydia was saying, in the beginning it was a leap of faith. Um, it it wasn't easy to yeah, <laughs> it wasn't easy to sleep at night because I was a bit worried. I didn't share it with anyone. But we didn't have the platform. We had to start designing a platform. We, we, but after about two months, Lydia came back and said, I think this works. It's working for the boys and maybe we should look at 
putting Elena in it. And I thought that that's when I started feeling comfortable. I started thinking, okay. And Elena's your youngest, correct? The youngest. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we didn't want to make a mistake with her, so we kept her longer in... in, in, in <laughs> but the other two, that's fine. No <coughs> the boys, we took the risk. <laughs> but um, it, it was the best thing we did. Best thing we ever did. And yeah. I think from there, it just grew and more learners came onto it. And when I look at it now, I wonder, you know, where would they be if they didn't have BGA? So we're super proud of that. You know? Yeah. It must have been really kind of nerve-wracking to use your own children as guinea pigs in I this. I thought it was bad. I was like, no, Tim, just leave them at school. Just like, you know, it works. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of, sort of, it works. But leave them there, you yeah. know? No, and in honesty, like, it did work. It like, did. It's the part of <laughs> resistance at the very yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't like we were complaining about the school or anything like that. We just, yeah. like, personally, I just thought we need to start doing more. You know, mm -hmm. things have really changed. The way we're doing things should also change. And I think, like, our two boys... Uh, one was really actually happy at school and I, you know, and there were tears when he, he joined us. But we told him, you know, let's try it for three months and then you can go, go back. back. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, after three months, uh, he came and he, he told us he sees the value. He understands yeah. the time he's got now and that he's able to follow some other passions and all of a sudden he was excelling at other things and, and he was super interested in what he was learning. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And, and my you know, other son... Um, he really just excelled because he was always like one of these academics and, and he was almost a bit bored because it used to go a bit too slow for him. Yeah. So, it so he got the opportunity to kind of yeah. go at his own pace and move according exactly. to what he, yeah, where yeah, he needed yeah. to move. Yeah. yeah. Great. And so yeah. tell me a little bit more. I mean, you've talked about here the, the beginning and this kind of like these first few months and using your own kids and stuff like that. Can you talk to me a little bit about how BGA has evolved since then? Because obviously we encompass quite a few more learners than three now. So tell me how it's grown and how it's evolved since 2021. Now, we went from like having three kids to now over a thousand. So, you know, we used to only look after three and now it's become really a lot more stressful. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the, the reality really is that we, we made it focused on the learner from the beginning. We really kept answering every question. You know, um, I actually heard someone say something. If we, if we make decisions for our kids with love, they're good decisions. So <coughs> BGA, we made decisions for our learners. You know, it wasn't for BGA. It wasn't for parents. It wasn't for the, 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 the learning coaches. It was for the learners. And I think it took a year for those decisions to start showing promise and, 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 and really becoming something. And I think that these little decisions, because it was a lot of little ones, you know, we took a lot of good stuff from traditional school and we said, how do we take that and just expand it or make it more flexible or make it more personalised, etc. But those little uh, changes that we started to do really started to make a big impact. And things started to flourish. And uh, when we look at the learners now, they actually start to understand that why we do things. And those... If they do those things, there's results, and and they become more accountable. The better the results, the yeah, more they, they take put a in. little more responsibility for that. <coughs> and and it was yeah. those little things like no holidays, you know, like you to go on holidays when you want, but you don't have to take those three months. Those no that, like fixed summer. You have to go yeah. when everybody goes in August. Exactly the the you know we we open from eight till six, but you do your five hours and you or fit them in lunch periods, or you have to be in about eight o'clock and school finishes at four. You know, it's just that flexibility that learners started getting that I think for them just resonated and it helped them just to like 
okay, I'm taking responsibility for what's, for what's mine. Yeah, design your timeline. Uh, how are you going to do, which subjects you're going to do, how are you going to do them during the week. Uh, the, the curriculum that allows you to do two or three exams a year. You know, anxiety levels start dropping. Uh, there's so many positives from little decisions that make this big impact. Yeah? Even the flexibility of them being able to choose their own IGC or A-level subjects at an easier pace. Because when you're in a traditional school, you have to choose your subjects the year before. And, you know, we've had cases where learners have started and within their first month, they've gone, they've swapped two or three times there because they've gone through the subject. Sure, they're still not developing, understanding yeah. Like, oh, I actually don't really want to do this. And then changed, you know, and then excelled in their second or third choice, you know, of the subject. So Yeah, which they couldn't have predicted previously. And, it, and it's, you know, if, if you had a traditional school, you can't because they set the classes, they set, you know, everything is set already. So when school starts in September... You've got to be, you, and there's no That's way you it, can yeah. change it. And then, you know, you're sitting there doing a subject and you're like <laughs> hating it, but you have to do it because there's no other way to change it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then you can start any time of the year. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can choose different curriculums. If maybe the US core curriculum is better for you, let's go with that. At 16, you know, if you want to actually start doing your degree, you can start that with us. So it, it just gives you this whole flexibility where kids aren't even competing anymore. They're actually collaborating. And I think that's the magic. You know, that's when you've got this peer-to-peer where kids are helping each other, where we're able to have uh, our learners debating from different hubs and different continents, different countries, where they're able to do hub chases and go to different countries and and have different experiences. And, And I think that's what it's all about, you know. And then when parents started to see that and when parents have also chosen to live different lives, uh, the school fits in. And, you know, the school is a big part of your life. But when, when school starts to fit in, I think the whole family starts to blossom. And I think that's what's happened here a little, you know. And these are, I mean, these are quite a few changes that have happened over the course of the last two, two and a half years. And are these all happening, you know, one after the other? Or is this all happening at once? How are you... Are you getting feedback? How are you deciding these things? How are you making these changes? I think a lot of it was, we, we started with common sense. Like we really did want to keep to common sense. Um, a lot of it, we able, you know, we don't have traditions, so we're able to uh, change quickly and adapt and pivot and do everything that this new world needs to do because the whole world has changed in the last three years. Just as BGA has been changing, the whole world has changed. And I think... That's what's great about it. Our learners start to become more adaptable. Our learners start to see that change is constant, but it's manageable, and they can overcome the, the fear of it. And uh, you know, our learning coaches as well, the way we started recruiting learning coaches, the training into the learning coaches, the type of learning coaches we get, has also just kept excelling. And uh, when we look at that and you put that all together, um, it looks so simple. You know, but it's it's amazing. How do you get that DNA all together? You know, to pull a lot this of moving body parts. together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who would you say? You know, you talk about these learners. Who is BGA really for? Like, what what kind of people is are, is BGA for really? Yeah. I think for anybody that wants the flexibility, for those that just you know, for anybody really. You know, people always think, oh no, when we first started BJ, people were like, oh, so those are for learners that, you know, can't excel at school or, or have issues. And we're like, no, it's for it's for anybody, you know. 
it, it might work, you know, if you have two kids, it might work for one, but not necessarily work for the other child. It's, you know, it works for individually as well. And um, so, you know, we found that kids that are very introvert, you know, and, and their parents like, oh, they need a lot of help and assistance, that in the end, sometimes they just need the space to be able to do their, their work, mm-hmm. you know. And um, then other kids that maybe have, you know, we've had cases of kids with that have some special needs, you know, because it's the place is the pace is a lot slower. Well, not a lot slower. They can slow can their be pace. A lot slower, yeah, yeah, they can slow their pace to what suits <laughs> them. You know, they can have a tutor that can come in and sit with them and work. You know, we don't say that the tutor, the tutor can't come in and, and be in the hub and working for them. So you know, it, it's it, and sometimes it's not necessarily the learner. It sometimes doesn't work for the parent because mm-hmm. parents are very you know they they yeah. prefer or they not prefer they're used to the traditional. So it takes a lot of getting it, you know, used to it and adapt to the the different uh, mythology of, yeah. of it. I think you know you can break it down into three types of learners that join us. You've got that very academic learner that just wants to go quick. Yeah, and just wants to get through bored, everything. Wants to get through. You. We've got a lot of learners that have written A levels at sixteen. You know, we've had best in the world, best in country, uh, and it's been those kind of learners that really excel and want to do a lot. They can do that. And if they've got this aim to go into whichever university and they need certain amounts of A-levels at certain, well, it, it really does help them because they can start writing a lot quicker, their, their, their exams and so on and so on. Then you've got those learners that want to go slower. You know, they, they're at a different development stage and yeah. they can go slower and get a lot better grades than they would have gone going at the same pace. And sometimes by going at the same pace, they actually just fall off you know, full of the tracks because it, it, they needed to slow down for six months. Okay, so you, you've got those. And then you've got those very sporty ones. Uh, the sporties and they've got culture or, or kids that are into music, etc. Those like extracurriculars and things like that, <coughs> yeah. their passions. 100% because we've got a lot of professional skaters and surfers and, and all these, uh, you know, rugby players and football players and and they're there because they get the flexibility. They can travel. They, they don't fall behind. Uh, they don't feel guilty while they're traveling. They can still do some of the work. Uh, so it, it does work for quite, quite a lot of kids, you know. Um, our highest retention is from 14 onwards, which, you know, they start to understand that being autonomous is actually quite easy. And I think our retention rate's at 90%. Uh, on the lower kids, you know, you, it, it, they take a little bit longer to get into it. But um, once they also get into it, and, and especially, you know, girls normally understand it very quick, you know, because they, they're in that 12-year-old girl and 12-year-old boy. Are yeah, a different, bit different developmental stages. Exactly. So once it's going and once they start understanding that peer-to-peer works for them and so on, uh, they actually don't look at going back to a traditional school because they actually don't identify with it any longer. You know, so, well... Great. Um, it sounds like BGA has really opened up to a lot of evolution and a lot of diversity over time. So thank you so much for giving me kind of a little bit of insight into how it got started. You're welcome. Good. Thank you. Thank you.